So it's good to be with you. So as you know, our series at the moment is... Slow down, good. So is everyone feeling like relaxed and chilled and rested? Or do you feel like, do you know what? I've still got a lot to learn. I know I do. Do you know what? I'm preaching today on um, relax. Um, from Not relax. <laughs> but from um, that we should live, work, play, relax from a place of rest. And... Um, and it's just really interesting how, um, like, as I'm thinking about this preach that I'm bringing to you today, um, God is just really, really challenging me and really speaking to me in the significance of his rest. And I'm realizing more and more how even what I'm going to bring to you today, I feel like this is just a tip of the iceberg of our understanding of what God's rest is. I think there's so much more for us to understand. I think there's so much more for us to enter into. And I don't feel well equipped enough to express that to you. All I know is that something in the spirit, there's something within me that knows there's so much more than what we we know or realize you know and so it's good to keep pursuing that and challenging ourselves and pushing on in what does it mean God to to live work relax play from a place of rest um Rich and I were given this voucher for a spa day and um, and getting vouchers for an experience um, are great ideas. They're great, but to be honest with you, they're quite um, takes quite a bit of effort to redeem them. Don't know if you ever had that. If people give you an experience for a present, it can be a little bit of a mixed feeling of like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to do that. And then it's like, oh, I've got to organize it. I've got to try and make this happen. And, you know, and I've got to do this, that, and the other. And it just takes a little bit of effort and a bit of time. And so we, we had this voucher for probably for about a year and it was sat there on our shelf and every now and again we would look at it and think to ourselves, oh we need to sort that out, we need to, to rearrange a time when we can go on this spa day and, and then we just forget about it and then uh, we'd realise, oh we've forgotten about it and we've done nothing about it. Does anyone else do that with vouchers? It's one of those things, isn't it? Vouchers. And, and um, so anyway, one day Richard became determined that he was going to plan our day, that we were going to redeem this voucher. And it was a bit of an effort for him because he had to organise himself, had to organise me as well, which takes a lot of effort to organise me, I must say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you know, and so we had to like get our diaries together and some stuff like that and we had to work out what day we could both do and and take this time out um and having the voucher sat there for about a year nearly a year coming up to a year i don't know maybe even a little bit more um it was about three weeks ago we actually got to redeem this voucher and what can i say it was amazing it was such a lovely time. We both loved it. I enjoyed sitting there by the pool, reading my 
book and then having, you know, a different drink of water and then going off into the jacuzzi and like just floating in the jacuzzi and then, then going off into the steam room and thinking, oh, how long can I stay here for? What's good? And all right, I'm going to go now and sit by the pool again and just, you know, and then reading my book and Richard was in the gym and then he came out and he went in the jacuzzi and, and then we were both just sort of relaxing and then we got to a point where we got to put our nice comfy warm robes on and these warm slippers and we went off to the treatment rooms where there were more beds and some music and refreshments and we're lying there and this music going on everything is all designed to make you feel sleepy and relaxed and just um just really lovely and then we went and had our um other treatments and then we came out and, and i remember walking to the car just being like this oh, oh, afterwards and I was like, Richard, why do we not do this more often? Oh, it's so nice. I feel so good. I feel so relaxed. And, you know, it was, um, you know, when I think about how long that um, voucher sat on my shelf for, and we couldn't, we kept putting it off. We kept putting off using this voucher. And, and, um, and if we hadn't used it, we may have even gone past expiry day. And it would have been a real waste if we hadn't have used it. And that experience that we had where we felt really relaxed and revived and refreshed, it would have gone to waste. And the thing is, we probably wouldn't even have noticed. We probably wouldn't have realized how much of a waste it was because we wouldn't have known what we were missing out of. of. It was just a waste. And um, we wouldn't have been any wiser. And, and not only would it have been a waste of an experience of us not benefiting from it, but it would have been a waste of somebody else's money who bought it for us. It would have been a waste of their time and their effort, who, who they went to this effort and they, they thought, what can we get for Richard and Judith for a gift? And, and they gave that to us. And it would have been a waste of a gift that somebody took expense to, to get for us as well. I want to read to you a passage from Hebrews chapter 4. And I'm going to read from verse 1 to 7. It says this from chapter 4, Hebrews. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declare on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day, God rested from all his works. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them did not go in because of their disobedience, God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted, 
Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. So this passage here um, is talking about a rest. And when we read this passage and we can look at the passages before it and and a bit more after this, we can see that there's something about God's rest that was always there, even from the beginning of time. When God created all of creation, he created a seventh day in which, in which he made holy and blessed it and said, this is a day of rest. He made a day of rest so that we can know it for ourselves, the kind of rest that belongs to God since time began and it is available to all of creation. Hebrews 3 and 4 talks about how unbelief kept the generation that escaped from Egypt from entering God's rest, which for them was a physical rest of going into the promised land. Their unbelief, their disobedience meant that they fell, fell short of this promise of rest. And for them, what rest looked like for them was, was being free from slavery, from going into a place where there would be provision and protection, where, they would be, where all their enemies would be subject to them. Rest for them looked like being blessed so that they could be a blessing to all the nations. And Hebrews 4 verse 6 says that even though it was too late for those Israelites that they missed out on this physical rest because they lacked the faith, they disobeyed God, they didn't trust him enough. There is something better for us. There's something better for us than what these people were meant to have for themselves. And that is a spiritual rest. And it's not too late for us. That's the good news. It's not too late for us. We can enter God's rest. It's available to anyone today, every day, if they respond to his voice calling and not harden their hearts. If we hear God saying, come to me and I will give you rest. And we, we hear his voice and we say, yes, God, I want to come to you. I want to be obedient to you. What are you saying to me? If we respond to his call, then we experience something of God that is so wonderful, so amazing. And it's available to, to us today and every day. The writer to the Hebrews is saying, don't harden your hearts. Don't think that you don't need this. Don't be deceived in thinking that you don't, that you don't need this and so you end up missing out. If you are not entering into his rest, you won't know what you're missing out on. Just like if Richard and I hadn't redeemed that voucher and it became expired and we missed out on redeeming this voucher, we'd have gone on with our life, not really realizing what we missed out on. We don't realize the benefit that we have until we go and say to God, God, I want to know what it is to enter into your rest. There is a benefit for us that we don't realize God's design for each of us was to live, work, play and relax from that place of rest. There may be some readjusting in our lives so we have to prioritise how we, we live our lives so that we can live from that place. 
We have to slow down in our lives, slow down enough to know what it is to come to that precious place with Jesus. What does it look like to come into that place that he has freely given to us? God's amazing gift so that we can live life to the full. What is that? What am I talking about? What is God's rest? I'm talking about peace with God, peace in life, living life in all its fullness, freedom from sin, entering into the rest that God himself enjoys, the kind of rest the perfect creator, God of all the universe enjoys. Rest where our intimate relationship with God is deepened. An intimate union with Father God, Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. How can we get our heads around that? Intimate union with Father God, Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ. Can there be anything more precious than that? The kind of rest I'm talking about is when you know God is gently taking off that burden that has become so heavy and difficult to carry and there's all the stress and anxiety of the world that's on you and God takes it and says, let me carry it for you. The kind of rest where there is fulfillment and satisfaction where longings are met, hunger is satisfied, thirst is quenched, and your heart and soul is being refreshed, renewed, and restored. The kind of rest that gives you a hope of a glorious future and a glimpse of an eternity where there is no more crying and no more pain. The kind of rest where you feel revived, empowered, strengthened, where you're in that place where you know I can get back up. I can keep on going. I can stand firm. I can run and not grow weary because of who God is and I've entered into his rest and he's been there and he's empowered me and he's strengthened me and he's told me, you are my child and you can do this. I am filling you with my spirit so you can do this. Now, hearing the word of God was not enough for the Israelites to enter into God's rest. They heard the word proclaimed to them, this offer, this free gift, but it took effort. It took sacrifice. It took obedience. It took trusting in God, and they never entered it. They didn't have the faith. They were constantly moaning, have you ever had tried to have faith and full of hope and, and um, just feeling like revived in God when you're moaning and complaining? You know, it's so hard, isn't it? How do you have faith when you're always moaning? And these guys, these Israelites, they were moaning constantly. They were set free from the Egyptians and from being mistreated and all they were doing was moaning and complaining and groaning. They did not trust God, even though he revealed himself through miracles miracles and signs and wonders and so they never entered God's rest when I worship God when I read my Bible it helps me to realign my heart and my faith and my hope in God 
and to know that actually he is there right with me. He has got me. I'm entering into his rest when I'm, I'm with people that do me good. Do you know you are entering into his rest when you're with people that are doing you good? And the word of God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there. You know, God is there when you're with people that are doing you good. I can be in stressful situations under an immense amount of pressure. And I can say a prayer wherever I am and say, God, I'm looking to you to help me now. I'm looking to you, God, to give me strength in this moment. I'm looking to you, God, to just, just to do what only you can do. And I can just sit with God and just know that he hears me, that he is right there beside me. There's something about entering into God's rest that brings us comfort and strengthens us. There is a loving, intimate union with God for us. Even that blows my mind. An intimate union with God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We have the opportunity to have an intimate union with him. Belief in God and his promises guides us into his rest. And if we want to know what those promises are, then we can read the Bible. What is it, God, that you are saying to me? I want to enter into that rest of your promises, of your love and your grace and your mercy. God's rest belongs to God. And we have been given that gift of rest. We have been given the gift to enter in a voucher that that probably we'll need to take some effort. We need to reorganize our lives. We need to maybe change some things that are going on in our lives to make this effort so that we can redeem this voucher and enter into it. I'd like to talk a moment about how God's gift of rest has always been part of God's design, part of God's creation. God's always plans that we would live, work, play from a place of rest. And I want to use a passage that, um, in Genesis to talk about this, because God first men- it's first mentioned in the Bible in Genesis, God's rest. In Genesis chapter 1, we can read about how all of creation was created and we're taken through this day-by-day account of how the heavens and earth and everything on the earth and in the earth and was created. And then we get to the sixth day when he created livestock and creatures that move along the ground and wild animals. And on this day, he created man and woman. So I'm going to read Genesis chapter 1 to start with, verse 27 to 28. It says this. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. 
God has done this amazing work, setting the world into motion, creating all kinds of creatures, all kinds of produce, and he blessed it. And he blessed it all to be fruitful. And then he creates mankind and says to them, I want you to rule over it. I want you to take care of it. I want you to look after everything that I have created. Now, I don't know about you, but the task that God gave Adam and Eve in that moment seems rather overwhelming. I'd be like, God, have you seen how big this job is? And there's only two of us, you know, and you're expecting us to do all this. We've not got loads of babies yet to help us, you know. And we know by the time we do have a baby, it takes ages. And then by the time they're old enough to help us, that's going to take ages. And you're, you know, we've got to do this amazing job. We've got to look after your perfect creation. Just the two of us, how are we supposed to do that? Now, if we carry on reading Genesis, we come across something amazing that goes against our thinking of today, what feels natural to us in our society. So we've been given this amazing, massive job. And, you know, in my mind, I'd be thinking, oh, Adam and Eve, you know, maybe they start sharing out the jobs. You know, you can do this. You look after the animals and do this, that, and I'll do this, that, and other. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 3, it says that the seventh that God created the seventh, on the seventh day, God rested and blessed that day and made it holy. So day six, God created mankind and gave this amazing mandate, this huge job to take care of all of creation. And what was the first thing that they did? They rested. They were given this amazing, huge mandate to look after all of creation. And the next thing that they did was rest. How often do we get overwhelmed with all the things that we have to do? Would we feel as overwhelmed with everything that we have to face if we did it from a place of rest? Being with God, allowing him to give us strength and wisdom and encouragement, allowing him to give us everything that we need, all the plans of how do we do the things that God has called us to do, then we need to enter into his rest and allow him to show us, pour out his spirit in us to give us the strength and the wisdom and the the power to be able to do it. So important for us to enter into his rest that he made it part of creation. It was there before the commands that Moses brought. The law of Sabbath rest came through Moses long before, long after this rest was available. You know, um, God, created, God had this rest for us and he, he created a day specially for us so that we could enter into it and to know it. And then by the time the, he gave Moses some commands to give to his people, he was like, I want my people to experience this rest. And so he made it one of the commands. You will have a Sabbath rest. But the rest was never meant to be a list of do's and don'ts. It was meant to be a gift for us to experience, a gift for us to enjoy, not something that we had to do because God commanded it. God wanted us to come into it, to know it, to experience it. 
How often do we say to ourselves, I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to sit and pray. I can't eat properly. I don't have the time to cook myself a nutritious meal. I don't have time to have a full night's sleep. I don't have time to look after myself. I just need to get on with what I have to do. And so we miss out on the promise of living life in all its fullness. If God created a day of rest for us for it to be a source of blessing, then how can we not enter it? As if to leave it on the shelf and to say, oh, that looks good, I'll come to that later when I've got a bit more time. Maybe when I've got some time, I'll think about doing that. Interestingly, when Jesus completed his works of living as an example here on earth for us, then he died on the cross, taking our shame and guilt to the grave. Then beating the power of sin and death by rising from the grave, he went and sat at the right hand of God. And God says that in his word in in Psalm 110, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Sounds to me that Jesus got to rest after all that he did. He's now sitting with, with God at the right hand. Well, the Father now continues with the work, doing everything else and putting all the enemies under Jesus' feet. And what does Ephesians 2 verse 3 say about this matter? In Ephesians 2, chapter 2 verse 3, it says this. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by work so that anyone can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It is by grace that we have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ Jesus and seated us with him. So now we're seated with Christ Jesus while the Father is making the enemy into a footstool. And we can rest with him while God does all the work. Being seated with Christ looks a bit like resting to me. If I'm sat down with Christ Jesus, our Heavenly Father is there doing his work. This is the gift of God. You know, he has prepared works in advance for us to do, like he did for Adam and Eve, like he did for Jesus. And we ask to do this from a place of rest. 
God has given us a voucher. God has given you a voucher to enter into that rest. And how are you going to use that voucher? There is rest available to us where we sit back, throw off our burdens, throw off our stress and anxiety, put our feet up and sit and watch God do what only he can do. You know, God, in his wisdom, he created us with limits. He did not make any one of us superhuman, as much as we would like to think that we're a superhuman. And sometimes we may act like we're superhuman, and then we suffer the consequences of it. I think rest is about slowing down in such a way that allows time and space for us to recover to be refreshed and to be renewed. If we are going to live our life in all its fullness, do the works that he has prepared in advance for us to do, then we're going to need energy. We're going to need strength that comes from taking care of ourselves. We do have to accept that there are limitations on us. We have limitations on us physically and emotionally and mentally. And unless we take time to slow down and recover, to refresh and to renew in those areas of our lives, then our spirituality can be affected. Are you exhausted? Are you feeling drained? Do you need to take some time to, to catch your breath? Maybe you feel dry or worn out. You know what our bodies are, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we need to take care of our body. Jesus says in Luke 10, 27, he says this. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind. It seems to me that we are to love God with everything. So taking care of ourselves so that we can love God with a healthy heart, a healthy soul, a healthy mind, a healthy body means that we have to think about what does it mean for us to do that in a healthy way. If we're going to love God with all our mind and strength and soul and body, we want it to be healthy, we want it to be strong, we want to be able to love God with all of our might. If we are worn out, whether it is emotionally or physically or mentally or all of those, we are more likely to be tempted by the things of this world. I don't know if you've ever found that, if you're maybe you're mentally drained, emotionally down or physically exhausted, then it's so much more easier to be tempted by the things that's going on around us and we start seeking satisfaction from the things of this world, thinking these are the things that I'm needing right now to make me feel better. There is that temptation. And when we're tempted into those things, our spirituality and our intimacy with God is affected. Sometimes it could be that, that we are all worn out and so we give ourselves space 
We think we have to give ourselves space because we're all worn out. And, and then we end, up stop, we end up not doing the things that God has prepared in advance for us to do. We're thinking we're too tired to do this, even though it's God's plan and purpose for us. And we're just like, I'm too tired to do this. I need to rest. And so then we don't do the things that God has for us to do. Maybe some of us today need to start asking the Holy Spirit to help us, to give us wisdom, to show us how do we take care of ourselves so that that we can honour him with our whole selves. Maybe it is becoming aware of our limitations and maybe sitting with God and giving him the worry that we're carrying, giving him the emotional stress and the strain that, that we're taking on. Maybe we need to physically take time out to get proper rest. Maybe we need to find ourselves in that place where we say, God, I can't do anymore. I've done all that I can do. And now I'm leaving this to you, for you to do what only you can do. I found this quote from um, a Baptist pastor. He said this, says, if you don't take time away from the world around you, you're going to get pulled down by the world around you. We can ask the Holy Spirit, what is stealing his rest from us? What is stopping us from entering into his rest? I've come up with some examples um, that, um, that might help us, that we can, we can use to help us to put limits on the things and the demands of this world. And, and we need to put limits on the demands of the world around us. And it looks different for each one of us, but I've come up with a, a bit of a list. But you can allow the Holy Spirit, as I'm reading through my list, to, to maybe put his finger on things in your life where you need to start putting limits or maybe start doing or start... Um, Um, walking in so when you're with your family and friends you can put your phone to one side and maybe don't look at your phone all the time that you're with them be fully present you could choose to focus on the good pray or meditate on verses in the Bible rather than getting distracted by the worries and letting the worries of this world consume you. Maybe write a journal where you share your thoughts and feelings with God. Are you feeling sad, stressed, angry, hurt, happy, thankful? Whatever your feelings, you can share them with your heavenly Father. Limit the times you watch TV Limit the times you're on social media and maybe spend time with actual real people. Go to connect, to meet up with people who will encourage you and pray with you when when you're finding things difficult or you're struggling. Maybe go to connect so that you can be a source of encouragement and that you can stand with people who are struggling and needing prayer. Go to bed on time so that you get all the sleep that is needed for you to have a healthy body. Make sure you're eating foods that that help support a good, healthy body. Maybe take some steps towards some sort of physical exercise. So that's my list. 
But you could ask the Holy Spirit, God, what is going on in my life? What is stopping me from entering into that promised rest that will revive me, that will bring strength to me, that will help me to do all the things that you have prepared in advance for me to do? You know, it wouldn't be a shame if we missed out on this amazing gift that God has for us. You know, anything that was worth having will take time, will take effort, and maybe a bit of sacrifice too. I want to finish with this verse in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. It says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Father, I just want to thank you, God, for for your precious gift of rest. Lord God, I even myself don't really fully understand what that is. I know, Lord God, it's there to benefit us. I know, God, it's there to, to give us strength and to revive us. Lord God, I just pray for every single person in this room, Lord, that, that you will just speak to them, that you will just show them of your love and your grace and your mercy that you will show them, Lord God, how much you long just to be with them, to have an intimate relationship with them, where you can encourage them and strengthen them and revive them and pour your spirit out in them. Lord God, I just pray that as we go from here, that we will just constantly just know who you are, Lord. And Lord God, I just pray that if ever we feel overwhelmed, if ever we feel stressed or full of anxiety, if ever we feel lethargic, that, Lord God, that we will fix our eyes on you, Lord God, and that we will come to you and that we will know you more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.